And that's really where we wanted to offer as much as we possibly could to as many people as we possibly could. Um, we've had conversations with Ward and Community Corrections and, and seeing how we can help them from an upskilling standpoint and, and getting some folks through some classes and, and getting ready to enter the manufacturing world or re-entry into the manufacturing world or industry um, and figuring out the best ways to do that. And that having it as a standalone building provides us the opportunity to do that. So as you saw um, a few weeks ago, we were providing the um, have the Purdue MEP courses, which their manufacturing extension partnership. That's like the OSHA 10 class, effective employee onboarding. Um, there, we did an electrical fundamentals class. Those are classes that we can provide really at any time. Purdue is willing to do those. I mean, we could do them at midnight if we really wanted to. <laughs> um, but they, you can provide those classes at any time, and that's something that we can provide for our adults and our workforce right now. And same thing for adult basic ed. If it's something that um, Deb gets going through, through adult basic ed that is a class that can be provided in that building that needs the training space right or the lab space for the advanced manufacturing or the precision machining kind of um uh, machines to to work on that's an opportunity for them as well um and and that's what we wanted to do and the 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 positive thing too i think and even coming back to the students then is if the students are using that space now and see it as usable space now then the likelihood of them returning for classes later as an adult is higher because they're comfortable with that room they're comfortable with that space and and have a connection there or maybe it's the kid that's in a junior in precision machining and then they get their mom or dad or brother or sister or whomever hey this you know yeah this building you know they can explain it to them and then they come for the adult class or they come for the workforce development class so hopefully tying as much as we can to a community and a county region um, and really providing as, as much resource as we possibly can, right? Yeah, but there are limits of what we can do, um, but really trying to provide as much as we possibly can. So, Mitch, uh, there had to have been some concern with the school corporation of how we're going to handle this and how we're going to keep things separate for adults, especially you don't want to have... I don't want to say strange adults, but adults who aren't typically in the school building during the day, you know, be in the school building. You're trying to keep kids and kids and adults with adults. Yeah, we're trying to give uh, Ted Brown a heart heart attack. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So, no, we, um, you know, we really haven't crossed that step yet, though, either. So there's still some planning to do and uh, some things to think about in terms of that, but... We feel like, you know, the kids are there most of the day. After the day is done, then we have, a, you know, a separate building, and we can have adults and do all kinds of things in, in that space. And and that's the one thing because, you know, um, when I was in school, you got out of school at 310, and you left. You got out of there. Well, nowadays, there are so many other things going on in school that kids are at the school building till eight or nine o'clock at night, you and know, all summer. And yeah. So you need time. somewhere that's separated. Yeah. Um, so this this new it's not a new structure, but this structure to offer that will be a plus. But you you also will have courses that will be in the high school portion. And then you're also going to use a little bit of uh the old building at Lincoln Junior yeah, High. I was just going to say, we also have the LEC that we can kind of separate from all of the kids, too. And, yeah, we're going to we plan to use all of our space. We just plan to use our space better. You know, uh, the we space have some, that you have, sure. We have space that uh, maybe not is full during the day, and so we want to use our space as best as we can. So, so I think it'll be good. Um, kids are back in school. Yeah. And... Um, we are, are you actually really seeing this kind of change from uh, when I went to school, it, it was either you're going on to college or you're going into the workforce. There really was nothing. And to go into the workforce, you really didn't need a whole lot. I mean, I took I took shorthand. I took typing thinking I was going to be a secretary type situation. Sure. Um, but nowadays going into the workforce, uh, we just interviewed – Oh, almost two weeks ago. Who's your tire? Uh-huh. They're looking for employees. And um, we talked about the, I call it the test, and it's a skills assessment that they have. You know, you've got to be able to read a tape measure and some of those things because they have some precision things that they need to do. Um, so kids going from high school into the workforce need 
more nowadays than they did back in the 70s. And that's what we're really trying to tap into. I mean, we um, have always been what we think is pretty good at getting the kid to go to the four-year college, but now we're really trying to focus in on that kid that really has not got a clear path to something, and we want to connect with uh, business as much as we can. Allie has really helped that because she knows all of the people, and uh, she's a good connector. Uh, Jen Felke has done a great job with that, too, so hats off to them. Well, and, and it actually even started before ITAMCO coming on board uh, with the precision machining because the hospital had stepped up. Uh, my daughter, who just turned 40, um, <laughs> she'll shoot me for that, but, <laughs> uh, but um, she took the health careers class and went out to the hospital. Yeah, um, and, and, and so that was like one of the first ones. And back in the seventies, when I was there, we had, oh, we had a welding shop. class, yeah. we had an auto we shop had class. And then, that, then that stuff kind of went away from the school building. And so now we're looking at bringing that back, realizing yeah. that everybody is not, you know, college bound. Correct. Yeah. I think that's, you know, the ebb and flows of education, right? And where we, we find, okay, this is really a good idea. We really want to go down this path. And we, we sometimes maybe make a mistake as a, as a whole in the educational world of really going after one thing mm -hmm. um, and, and forgetting that there's a whole lot of other paths too. Um, and I think right now the, the in ed education, the pendulum really swings and you feel it going one way and then it comes back the other way. Um, right now it's coming back, right? So when I was in school, it, it was you, four years or nothing, right? You go, you're going to college or, mm -hmm. or nothing. You do core 40, you do academic honors and that's your path. Um, now I think we're really focusing on, you know, that, that is a great path for some, um, but there's a whole lot of other paths available for everyone else. Um, and what can we do to help those students get into what path is really interesting to them and really excites them and is something that's going to, to prove to be a successful path for them, right? So that requires a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, right? Um, which yes. is really something that we all struggle with from a, a staffing standpoint. But, you know, really working those things out of, and even talking about, you know, somebody like a Hoosier Tire or, or Tamco or whomever else, um, with the way the graduation pathways have changed a little bit, we are going to be able to provide some more work opportunities for students, almost getting back to what folks are uh, familiar with, with ICE or ICE when kids were leaving yes. and, and going to work. So. Yeah. We're coming back to that a little bit now where it won't be like that where it's just a you may work, leave half a day and go work at McDonald's like that. That's not unless you're going into food service. Uh, yeah, food service. Um, but your work experience will be related to what your pathway is. So making sure that we're really connecting the dots for kids um, and making sure that they're seeing what's out there. You know, it could be, you know, I, I use welding as an example a lot, but like. And kid that's in welding, they may go to Faulkner Fabricating and work part-time their senior year and then realize that, you know what, that's that type of welding is just really not for me. I'd really rather do X kind of welding, right? And there's, you know, there's many different kinds. Um, and that's where they figure that out. And that's our hope is that, hey, we either have a kid that's ready to go and is, is hired by someone and is ready to go right after high school, or they find out that, hey, you know what, that's not for me. I really want to go down this pathway instead and giving them that opportunity to see that and feel that, touch that and be in that world um, provides them the opportunity to make those choices before they're really, quote unquote, on their own. Right. Um, and after they graduate high school, but really trying to connect the dots with them as much as possible and get those internship opportunities, job shadowing opportunities, even in health careers and in others, getting them, you know, if they're getting their CNA and, and we've talked about offering some other opportunities for our second year health uh, science kids as well. But making sure that they have that opportunity to go and be at Miller's, go and be at Autumn Trace, go and be at Pilgrim Manor, go and be at wherever, um, and see that firsthand. Is that really what you want to do? You know, And it may be a great experience for them, but it may not be the path for them. But they figure that out before they go and get hired in a job right. and then are you know, having to figure it out afterwards. So They're like, no, I, I, I like the medical field, but... This is where I want to exactly. be. Exactly. If you want to be a pediatrician, then, you know, right. uh, CNA is probably not the right path for you, right? I mean, but it's also giving you a lot of great experience by being in the medical field. But, okay, how do we tailor that to make sure that kids are being are, are able to be where they are interested in being and really trying to grow that as much as we possibly can for that student and our community, right? I mean, it goes back to Hoosier, too. It's a benefit for Hoosier. Mm -hmm. It's a benefit for our industry and manufacturers as well to get those kids in those buildings to see – hey, this is not what I, I mean, 
I have no idea. I mean, Hoosier does tires, obviously. We know that. <laughs> um, yeah. But how they do it, the, we're not sure. Exactly. But. How the heck does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, and those are those things that, you know, if we can get our kids in there and seeing that, that may be where you go, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I had no idea that that was part of building a tire, making a tire, right? I, I had no idea that that went into that. Um, and thinking about all the different layers, you know, I've, I've said too many times of, Coming to going through here, going to school here, being from Plymouth, I had no idea the opportunities that were here in town in terms of opportunities after high school and graduating. I was going to school to teach, and I mean, I had that in my head, and that's what I was going to do, but still just not familiar. I mean, knew the corporations, knew the companies sure. that were here, of course, um, but just, you know, there there was a lack of knowing, and in, in partly on my part, of course, but we didn't talk about the fact that there was people between the owner of a company and the people that worked in the factory <laughs> and that there's a whole lot of people in between there. Um, you know, you have to have your, your finance people, you have to have your HR people, you have to have, you know, your front desk people, you have to have all of these people training and organization and whatnot um, to really build that out for our kids and making sure that they're aware of all of the opportunity, right? It's not just this, that, or the other. So when we talk about, you're really setting students up to leave high school, some students, to have a career where they can basically step out of the door on graduation day and the next week step into the workforce. Yeah, that's the building trades class, right? That That's right. definitely, a, definitely a, um, an opportunity there for those guys. Um, we're this year uh, are building a house in Argus, actually, um, in their new subdivision just south of town, right off of Kenilworth Road there. Um, so folks are down in that area. They'll, they'll see that going up. We've got the Concord forward and and starting to build the kids will be on site um all day every day starting next monday so um but that's one of those opportunities where yes of course you know a kid going through two years one year even of building trades then get hired by a construction company mm-hmm. right out of school if not for the summer and winters and spring breaks too right i mean those are those are opportunities where they can say you know i've laid this floor i've done these well i've done you know drywall i've done this that or the other framing and stuff and and being able to name those off i can't imagine that there's not a whole lot of construction companies around here that would be excited to know that especially right now exactly that we have 24 kids in that that class doing that and now there's another 24 in culver doing the same thing and there's another 24 in john glenn doing the same thing so we have we have a lot of kids in that field working in that every day um and and really could enter the workforce as soon as possible, right? If they're ready and if they want to, of course. But there's also the tie with them of, you know, how do we get them hooked in with apprenticeships and, and whatnot after high school? Do they want to go into a certain union or do they want to go into, you know, whatever? Um, it, but that's giving them those like opportunities. The, it opens the door, the door and now here are all these options mm-hmm. from that. I mean, yeah. uh, Rusty's son was in the buildings trades class and he yeah. went on to become an electrician. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, but that, that's yeah. where it started. Um, but you could have people in there. I mean, we have them around here. We have people who, you know, their expertise is laying carpet and laying tile or mm-hmm. whatever. You find something that you like. It, it may not be the hammer and nails part of it. It might be right. the finishing side of things. Right. And there right. is such a need right now, too. I mean, yeah. in all of those industries, there's such a need. And so we want to tap into that and get those kids into a high-paying job. So can you list off like what kind of options there are there are for kids our CTE courses that we provide? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, Jen would be much better at this than I. Um, <laughs> but I, I can give a, a rundown of what I, I can remember. Um, so we have early childhood. Um, we have culinary. We have welding. We have precision machining. We have digital manufacturing this year. Okay, now what is that? I mean, I to me, I'm like going. So digital manufacturing is something that I've, I mentioned in a couple of the county meetings, I believe. Uh, that yes, you might have heard you me did. say that. Um, so that's a class that um, Jen actually worked on that grant before she left Plymouth High School from her principal's role. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a Conexus grant that we got through State of Indiana's Conexus um, big grant manufacturing readiness. Yeah. Um, or meant education grant, whatever. But um, so it was one hundred thousand dollars to to buy the equipment needed to run digital manufacturing. So that's actually just a Plymouth High School course this year, but we hope that it's a shared program in the future, um, and where we can allow other students from other other schools to come to. Um, that's Part of a, that reason is because there is such a demand for it. Though. Correct. Yeah. So that was one where we had ten percent of our student population sign up for it. That's one hundred and ten kids at Plymouth High School want to be in digital manufacturing. Um, that's I I think music to the ears. Of 
of our manufacturers in the county um, and in the region, knowing that there's that many kids that are interested in that. Um, it's advanced manufacturing. So it's uh, cobots and robots. It's oh. cybersecurity, cyber technology kind of stuff. Mm. Um, it's uh, the industrial internet of things. It's a whole lot of things that I'm terrible at, um, <laughs> but the kids are very interested in. <laughs> um, but something that you know, really is getting to, you know, when we talk about the 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 um, the change in manufacturing and industry now, it, we are going down that path, right? And and I know automation mm-hmm. sometimes sounds like a scary word to people, and they think, oh, robots are going to take over all the jobs of the people. Not true um, in this regard, right? In this way, what we're having happen is, you know, we we have a shortage of workers right now, right? Correct. That's not oh, that's not everywhere. any news to anywhere, right? Right or to anyone. So. What, what businesses have had to do is figure out how to automate to do the tasks that they can, that they're doing all the time, that they can do without a person, right? Um, sure. Because they don't have a person. Like, there literally is not a person <laughs> to fill that role. Um, but the, the, the positive thing of, like, a digital manufacturing, advanced manufacturing 4.0 is that we're training the kids that are going to end up behind that robot, behind that machine, behind the technology that – those all of those things right when we automate just like anything else here your technology your computers everything else we can't survive without somebody that can work on those right right like, somebody has to be able to fix those um by the way hi me. bob yeah. how are you today <laughs> right exactly so i mean it's one of those things where you know we we have to get kids acclimated and and interested in that and then they are right these kids that are in high school now have had computers their whole life um they they've grown up with that unlike all the rest of us um and they are they are ready for it and and are interested um but it gets them behind the automation in order to work on the the things that have been automated in our manufacturers and in in industry so it really is a positive class and we really want to you know after this year look at whether or not it can be a shared program. Do we have the space? How do we have to build that out to make that happen? Those are a lot of logistical questions that we have to figure out. Um, but the hope is, you know, no matter what, it'll be a Plymouth High School course. Um, it's just figuring out how to get that available to everybody else. But digital manufacturing is one of our CTE and, courses. And it's a lot of computering stuff. I yeah, mean, it's, I mean, it's, wise, you, to get yeah. a grant for $100,000. It's a lot like uh, 3D printers and um, the little, I mean. Laptops are just on, on your desk. It's not huge like the precision machining. Right, right. Yeah, it's very small but costly. (laughs) (laughs) It's small but costly. Um, And those are the things like, obviously, it would be great if, you know, if you want to come over and tour that at some point, you know, to get your eyes on it. Because I know sometimes that that is the stuff that you go, I just don't, it doesn't make sense to me until I see it. Um, You know, and those are those things that are hard to explain. And and we're really trying to, and I know Jen is really trying to do um, a good job of uh, social media interactions and getting stuff on our website and things. So there will be more news and pictures to go along with that as the year goes on of course we're a weekend so we're not we're not too far into that yet um but we're we will still be able the to... point where the kids are don't touch anything yeah. yet. <laughs> come exactly. into the class sit down don't touch anything exactly exactly we, there's we lots have, of money in here we do have quite a few kids in our aviation program too which i well, think that's is really yeah, cool. that's see that's another yeah. new one that um we're, we're fortunate we've got it here I don't think Stark County, they've got an airport there, but I don't think they have it there. Or they don't have Fulton an aviation County, class. County either. Right. Um, but all those students, all those kids are, are able Opp- to come to that class, yeah. are able to attend aviation. Yeah. So we do have that open to everyone. It is a shared program. So we do have kids from all over that are coming to that class. It, it, you, when you think about it, it's pretty amazing that is the amazing. opportunities that now are available uh, to a student. Yeah. Especially a student who is not, you know, into the books. And there are students who are better at hands-on stuff. 100%. And, yeah. and so to be able to offer a, a, such a variety. And when we talk about the aviation, I mean, they get, they get a, it's a two-year option. And they get a lot of difference in the second year. I think they actually like get into the simulator maybe and can see maybe they want to become a pilot, but maybe they don't. Maybe they want to work on engines or they want to be an airport manager. I mean, the, there's yeah. a variety, you know, you can just, it's like you can go to the spice cabinet and just open a drawer <laughs> and there's all these different options there. And right? it's the same thing. And I don't want, I don't know what a whole lot of those are. Right. And that's <laughs> yes, the same thing exactly. with a lot of these vocational classes. <laughs> I don't know what they do in there. 
Um, but I know it's needed, right? Um, and that is like in aviation, health science, you know, and some of those courses, welding and others that um, it is, it, it's the, here's what this is, but here's 500 pathways that come out of this, right? Here, here is a number of things you can do next level um, after, after participating in year one or year two um, of these courses. And uh, another uh, area is ag, Egg is huge. We've just added another teacher just uh, in the, the junior high and moved uh, Mrs. Verhage up to the high school to kind of fill that need. So lots of now, stuff going on in Egg. See, back in junior high, <coughs> we had home ec, mm-hmm. which was cooking and sewing, and we had shop, um, and you did some <coughs> woodworking. I don't, I, honestly, when I was there, the girls did not switch over and go to any shop classes, and the boys did not go to the sewing classes. <laughs> we did. But we did that. I I didn't. Not, I did. But well, you're a couple of years younger than I. I am. got to bake cookies. Yeah, I, <laughs> I same thing. I had yeah. foods one and two. So yeah. I, was, I was excited about that. Yeah, I was fine with that. I, yeah. You know, yeah. uh, girls going to boys. Sing? I don't care. I got cookies. What, <laughs> what difference does that make? But it was sewing that apron or or those shorts that was a trying part for you <laughs> no i actually i can still sew oh, well that's <laughs> thanks we'll to see that. that's so, a yeah. plus yeah but yeah but uh, you know that that's things are changing so bringing yeah. egg into the elementary side of things yeah. is really setting them up early to start thinking about a career we're well, trying to I'm, do a lot of uh stem things at mm-hmm. the at all of our elementaries kind of to hit that that theme of uh you know problem solving and collaborating and that you know that kind of thing so mm-hmm. that's going to be exciting uh, collaborating is a big piece of it too yeah um it's it's no mm-hmm. more you like okay it's this team what can we as a team do right uh, and to so fix much, this issue or whatever right and so much of our work now you know in any in any field is you got to work with other people like there there you just don't there, there's not too many lines of work anymore i don't think where it's very solo um and in being a good team player is is always you know a top priority for folks um and those you know the uh soft skills you know that are referenced a lot in in folks um in in hiring right now that they say people are missing, right? We're, we're, people are missing the soft skills or are, are lacking those soft skills. And those are the things that working through problem solving, collaborating with others, that, that is teaching them soft skills, right? That's, that's teaching how to work together. How do we sit this table and figure this out together? Um, and those and I don't that, just sit back and not say anything and just right. let you all talk and I <clears throat> right. just sit in there and take credit for it. <laughs> right, right. Put my name on it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And working through, you know, again, kind of coming back to, you know, and have, having these opportunities for kids going through and doing the STEM and the elementaries is, is huge. We also have robotics teams all the way through, right? And and our hope is to tie that. Our robotics coach is Michael Rate, who is our digital manufacturing teacher. So that, you know, there's a nice tie there uh, automatically just because of the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but making sure that, you know, as we're building out these spaces like the digital manufacturing space, that our kids that are in robotics, whether or not it's in elementary, Riverside, junior high, or high school, that they're coming to that space and seeing those things and being able to manipulate them and, and, and mess around and, you know, and as much as we can allow, right? Um, but letting them see, feel, and touch again at a younger age to either spark interest, mm-hmm. right? And they go, yes, this is for me. I love this, right? Um, or... Yeah, not, you know, the robot side of things <laughs> yeah. really isn't for me, but I really like doing, you know, the, the data side of things. I really like doing the computer side of things or whatever it happens to be. But just the exposure itself allows all of us to know whether or not, you know, yeah, that, you know, I really thought I was going to be interested in that. And then I'm really not. So let's not wait till a kid's 18 to figure that out. Let's let's help them, you know, and of course, we're not having kids make decisions at eight, of course. Correct. Right. But right. There is something to allowing my five, six, or nine-year-old to be a part of things like that and going, you know what? That, this sparks a new interest that I'm not going to bring home. I'm not I'm not a robot person. <laughs> they're not going to get that from me. Um, but if they're seeing that at school and are, are able to be a part of that, then that gives them the interest of, you know what? Hey, this is a pathway that really we would really like to go down. Um, and you find out things that your kids are interested in that otherwise you may not have found out, you know? It's kind of back in the day growing up where your parents said you can do anything you want to do. Um, But this is actually showing you, look at all these options that are out there that you can do. So go try some of them and and figure out 
which one you really like. And, you know, I, I think, too, to bringing this back to adults and workforce, too, is not, you know, we're not going to be, of course, we can't offer all of these classes to adults like that. That's right. not part, that's not necessarily possible at this point. But we do have to think as lifelong learners, right, tying in the lifelong learning network of, you know, it's okay if you're 40 and you decide this isn't for me, whatever you're doing, let us help you figure out what pathway you really are interested in, right? And those are conversations that we can have and we can af- we can offer some of those training courses that come in and take, a, you know, take this training course and see, you know, and you go through that and you go, yep, not what I thought it was. Or you do that and you go, yeah, that that is what I'm interested in. That's where I want to go. Um, then we can work on next levels of that. And if it's with adult basic ed, if it's with workforce development, if it's worth the Inse- Marion University and Silla College and their bachelor's and associate's programs, that they have now, um, you know, it's it's tying all of those pieces together. And that's what we're hoping, like Mitch said in the beginning, being a connector, being a convener, showing what resources are out there, because there are a whole lot. We just a whole lot of times don't have the, the ability to tap into those. And that's my role in this job is let me help you find that. Let, let's, let's figure out what, you know, is going to make you happy and successful and be able to put food on the table and, you know, do all the things that you need to do. But let's let's figure out what that, that thing is that you are interested in or let's try it out and, and see. And, and, you know, it can be for our little ones. It can be for our, our high school kids and it can be for our adults, too. And we would like to have a lot of those people stay in Marshall County and, and right. do those jobs <laughs> and then keep our enrollment going at, a, at the yeah, school. It's yeah. a cycle. It's a, yeah, it's a, yeah. I, and I, so I assume uh, on part of this, too, then, obviously, um, you have to partner with businesses um, because you want to be able to offer a student the opportunity to go into Hoosier Tire or maybe they're on the food service side of things, but they they would be willing to go work at Pretzels Mm -hmm. for a while and see because learning there, it's a totally Pretzels and McDonald's, two totally different things. Right. But you're learning how to handle food products. Right. And and what the requirements are. So, um, for somebody who maybe, you know, you think culinary, I think, oh, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm going to be making this gorgeous meal, <laughs> but it doesn't always yeah. have to end up that way. No, um, no. And that it is a, a conversation, a conversations that we've been having and are, are continuing those conversations now um, of reaching out to businesses and seeing what they need. Right. It, and it's, it has to be both ways. We have to have our schools at the table and them letting us know and, and helping guide you know, what are these kids getting? What exposures are they getting? Which direction are you taking them? And then, hey, business, come to the table too. What do you need on your end? What do you need right. this kid to be exposed to, right? And that can be even, we can talk about building trades. What If you're going to, this kid's coming into your construction company, what do you want them to be able to do? Well, of course, we want to be able to read a tape. You want to be, I mean, there, there are certain things that you have to be able to check off, right? To 101, right? Right. Um, but that's, you know, if we have business there telling us that, we can able we are able then to tell our instructor we are able to to bridge the divide there um and that's something that you know uh, in 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 no one's fault of course but something that's been lacking um just because of the opportunities from a schools and a business's standpoint to come to the table and i think that's really happening more and more and more of what can we do together to make this better what what can we do to make marshall county better an example of that is we are a lot more connected now with the Marsh County Economic Development Group than we have, you know, we have been in the past, and things like that. Mm-hmm. She's helped us with mm-hmm. a lot of those connections, and uh, we have a lot better conversations now. Yeah, and if you're a business listening right now, and I haven't talked to you yet, please call me. <laughs> <laughs> please email me. Let me know, I, or you will hear from me soon. Um, because it, you know, we are trying to set up. Um, you know, and I've, I've been lots of places, um, you know, in the last couple months, but, and we'll continue to, like I said, but just sitting down and saying, okay, what do you need? And, and here's where we here's where we're coming from right now. Here's what LLN is right now. Here's what we're trying to do from a career center standpoint. Here's what we're trying to do from a vocational CTE standpoint. Um, what do you need? What, you know, and, and on their end, what do you need from a workforce development standpoint? What can we do to upskill your employees that you have now? And then what can we do to help fill those gaps as kids are coming through? So it's, twofold, threefold, uh, whatever, you know, um, in terms of figuring out what we can do to help. But those are the conversations that have to be happening and have to be able to tie the two together um, in order to continue making gains here. And and a lot of that is going to be pushed, too, from an internship and and work experience standpoint with our CTE courses. The second, you know, it's not going to happen this year, but next year with the way the state um, DOE has come down with graduation pathways and whatnot of having our kids have a lot more experience. So 
we're going to have to have conversations with businesses about who can come where and for how long because they have to do it. Like it's, it's part of the program. Um, so, you know, businesses are going to be in a better place because of that. We're also going to have to work with them from a training standpoint on, you know, what, what can you do with this kid for two and a half hours every day, Monday through Friday? It's not a whole lot of time, right? And that kind of right. – that can be one of those like, uh, you know, what do we do? But if we if we work through that together and figure out, okay, listen, they're going to be there every day from eight thirty to eleven. Let's know that right Monday through Friday, um, and they're going to be on time and they're going to leave on time and all those things. You know, what can we have planned for them to get them acclimated with your system? And that can be a number of things, of course, right? That can be, can we shift them through your plant and have them in? stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, and let them see all of that. Like speaking of pretzels, like having, you know, what happens in the very beginning of that, right? How does that start? They they could be the ones like, I'm sure this doesn't happen, but unloading the sacks of flour. Right. Off the truck. Right. You know, right. and then from there. I mean, we need forklift we drivers. We need, to, I mean, yeah. like, there, right, there's, I mean, there's a whole, there's the whole gamut, right, of all the places or all the, the positions that have to be filled for a manufacturer to open and operate, right? Um, and, and what does that look like? Shipping and receiving and logistics and, you know, there's supply chains. and all Even that. research and development. Right. Maybe they're thinking, you know, younger people have a different idea. Right. Maybe we don't want peanut butter in our pretzels maybe we want something different in our pretzels right right exactly there's a marketing aspect to it too oh that's true right so you can get into uh, i mean again like we said a thousand different positions with one place right one you go to pretzels yes there are really there are many options for you in terms of job placement right and and just making sure that we're we're tying into them and you know, again, they're short-staffed, not just pretzels. Everybody, right, is short-staffed right now. So sometimes those meetings are hard to have right now because of the opportunity for them to be able mm-hmm. to take 30 minutes off and say, okay, hey, how's it going, you know? Um, but we're trying to bridge that divide as much as we possibly can, and we'll continue down that road of, you know, here's a couple classes we're offering. Let us know if you're interested. You know, what would you be interested in? What do you want us to bring here? Um, what do you want to have your your employees able to attend? And then offering that course, right? Not It's not me just picking off a workshop catalog and going "Mm, that looks cool let's do that um even though maybe i would like to go um but not picking that course particularly right looking at okay we had an event we had a whole lot of businesses there they all said they would really like an effective employee onboarding class because onboarding is something that a whole lot of places struggle with um and onboarding as we're finding and people are are aware is super important because that's what keeps people there right if you okay for somebody who Onboarding to me is a new term. Okay. Um, for yeah, I can't, somebody else said the same thing to me recently. I can't remember what they called it instead, but um, onboarding is your, you know, your first, I, I would say, couple days to first few weeks of work. What are you? What are you being told? Are you? Have you? Did somebody tell you where the bathroom is? Um, did somebody tell you when you're supposed to be there and when you can leave? Did somebody tell you where the break room is? Did somebody go through insurance paperwork with you? Did somebody go through payroll with you? Did you? Do you know where you're supposed to go in the factory? <laughs> do you? Do you know where do you your know job which actually door is? You're supposed to enter in <laughs> exactly. And those are things that you know, like you kind of take for granted, of course, when you've been working somewhere um, right. that you just don't think about. But those are, you know, it, for you, if you were going to go and start it, you know, at a company tomorrow, you sure as hope somebody is going to come up to you and say, "Hi, Kathy. Welcome to X." Yes. You know, thanks for coming today. <laughs> let me let me show you. Know. you- Yes. The ropes, Well, and here, let's have a team meeting. Hey, everyone, here's Kathy. Kathy, everyone, right? Like, there's those introductory kind of things that are really lacking right now in a lot of places. And that's through no fault of their own. It's That's a short-staffed kind of thing, right? You just don't have the people to do it. But we have to make sure that we're finding the people to do it. We have to carve it out. don't do it, they don't feel welcome, so they don't stick around. Well, there's a story that uh, that I was told in, in... one of our in our um, training through uh, work one and in Purdue MEP and the thing was well they were talking to one of the frontline leaders and he said um, you know what's so-and-so's name I don't know his name is I, I don't bother to know their names until they've been here for a week because they leave so often well then you know there's okay like get that part but let's think about it in the other way do you think maybe they're leaving because no one knows their name like <laughs> There, there's the other side of that, right? Of like, well, people are coming through here like crazy. So I don't bother learning who they are until they've been around for a minute. But 
those people aren't sticking around for a minute because no one nope. is talking to them right. and no one knows what their name is. Nobody's probably told them where the bathroom is or the lunchroom or whatever. So there's, I mean, there you, we have that middle of the road that we have to find again of, hey, Mitch, welcome to Plymouth Community Schools. Like, mm-hmm. let's maybe show you around, right? Um, <laughs> right. We wouldn't want to bring them in and just go, Good luck. Here's you your know. office. Here's the key. <laughs> exactly. Enjoy. You're in the admin building somewhere. I don't know. Have fun. Um, but it's just, you know, the, those kind of going through the steps of, okay, what is it that we really need to make sure we're doing? Onboarding can look in many different ways for many different companies in terms of what they're, you know, it could be, that could be when they're giving out swag. So you get a t-shirt and you get a, you know, whatever. Um, it could be when, you know, like first couple of days you're hoping to give people safety glasses, a tape, uh, you know, like those kind of <laughs> things, a knife if they need it, like depending on what kind of job you're in. Um, but that those can look different ways for many places, but you should really have something that's telling you what those check off the box kind of things are, right? So you don't forget something because we are all too busy. We all have too much going on. And as much as you want to think that you're going to remember to tell Mitch that the bathroom's down the hall, you're not going to remember to do that unless you put it on a list and tell him, right? Like there's, there's just things that we need to make sure that we're doing for folks. And those are the kind of courses that people have made note that we need that from a business standpoint. So... Uh, would this I, I suppose it depends on the company would this be um in bigger companies more like the hr department yes. yep. type doing that but in a smaller company it could be the head honcho exactly your your president ceo that, could yeah. also be your hr person who could also be your frontline leader who yeah. could also be the guy that drives the forklift right um it just depends on what size you're looking at and that's with these classes that we're, we're talking about offering, and that may be through Purdue, it may be through Marion, it may be through Adult Basic Ed, it may be through Work One or whomever. Um, but with offering these courses, the idea is that we have a class that has, say, 20 seats available, right? If you're a Hoosier and you have, you know, say, five people in your HR department, you can send all five people. That's fine. Or you can send a couple frontline leaders and your HR person and whomever you want to have in that, that room. The other company that has the guy that's all five people, um, you know, or all five positions, then that just that one person can come. What we're, what we're hoping by doing these classes like this is that, you know, for a smaller company, unless you're getting grant dollars through next level jobs or some other opportunities like that, the, the idea of paying for training to come into your business and do that training on site for eight hours a day mm-hmm. is not feasible. You, you, they can't afford it. it. It just doesn't make sense to do that kind of training for one person in your building right. for $10,000. Yeah. Like it just, that doesn't make sense. Um, but we can provide that course for $10,000. Everybody pays in, you have 20 seats there. Now it's not so expensive, right? Or, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. just throwing out numbers, of course, but just the idea that by providing it as a community course, by providing it hopefully in the next few years at our career center, providing those courses and, op- and opportunities like that allows anyone and everyone to send one or more people and gives them a leg up in terms of, you know, customer service there. You may have one lady that's doing the front desk and that's being gender specific. You may have, you may have someone that's working your front desk is your secretary, is your HR person, is your onboarding person, is your, you know, whomever they really need some training and upskilling in that world because things have changed, of course. Right. Right. But how do we provide that course for that person? That business is not going to pay to have a trainer come in and work with that person for eight hours on Monday. Like it's just not going to happen. Right. But if we provide that course somewhere centrally located, that business now can send that person for a hundred bucks. Well, now it's doable. Now, now we can do that. Now it makes sense for the company because the ROI on that hundred dollars is huge. But it's not big enough for us to bring in ten thousand dollars worth of training for one person. So that's the that's the whole idea and the the way we're coming about this is, you know, we want to provide for all um, in allowing our small business to to really upskill and and provide opportunity. And we are taking advantage of that also. We're mm-hmm. we're looking at those courses and we might send custodial staff or mm-hmm. people like that. Sure. But mm-hmm. we're trying to train our people up. Mm-hmm. Um. So, for this effective employee onboarding. Um, it, it'll be like a one day course. Yes. Um, and you don't have an, in a, you know, a career innovation center. So where are you going to train these people? Sure. Sure. Right on Michigan <laughs> street. No, um, just kidding. So Allie's we car, just follow her car. Right. Right. River Park square. We'll just go on the grass. Um, no, we, we have been very lucky, um, to have a relationship with community foundation and, and Linda Yoder. Um, she actually sits on our, our board, the lifelong learning network board, but, um, have had a, have had the opportunity to use that conference space for these classes. So for the OSHA 10 and for effective employee onboarding right now, we are using that conference space, um, 
we are super thankful for that, of course, and we'll continue to use that space as much as we possibly can. Um, of course, there's a whole lot of other people that like to use that conference room too. So it's space is limited or time is limited. Um, and you know, the class, um, Mitch said, sent something, somebody to was the electrical fundamentals class. And that, that's a class that a lot of times folks are having to send people to other states to take. So having it here was huge. Um, cause you're not paying then the hotels and the direct mm-hmm. mileage and the food and everything else, but so having it here in centrally located, but having that course in the conference room at the community foundation was maybe not the best location, right? Um, for what class we're trying to do. It's okay. A lot of it was table oriented. So they just had stuff right in front of them that could do, but having something like the career center where we have more lab space, where they can right. get up in more shared space, um, that allows them to be able to spread out and use that space like they need to. An effective employee onboarding, that can be in a conference room, not a big deal. Everybody's in tables and chairs and you know that that's not an issue. But some of the other courses that we would really like to provide really need the lab space, really need the the industrial feel um, so we can host those kind of courses. Sure. So um, there is a course or uh, cost to participate in the onboarding training. Yes. Yeah, the classes, the, the courses change depending on what, what kind of class it is, what kind of hours it requires um in purdue sets those it's through purdue mep they mm-hmm. set that that's not we just host it quote unquote um you know they were not um so we're you're not actually registered really through purdue correct okay yes and they will receive a certificate through purdue um for completing the course um so they can take that back to their place of business mm-hmm. um likely their employer will want that anyway just you know if, if an employer is sending somebody to that um but the courses can range anywhere from 99 dollars to upwards to fifteen hundred dollars um depending again depending on, on, what, it on what it is depending on what they're getting out of it depending on how the length of the course i mean there's a manufacturing boot camp that's a two week long course um so there i mean we can you can really get lengthy and and costly um and you can get you know a four-hour class for 99 bucks too so it just kind of depends on what we're offering and where and and for how long this effective employee onboarding course is actually going to be offered on september the 15th yes and it is a hundred and ninety nine dollars And you need to bring your own coffee and your own water and your own lunch. (laughs) Yes, um, please. Because you're going to be there. Yes. Um, But if there's a a business that is interested, um, what's the best way to... To find it, I mean, can they go to Lifelong Learning Network and find something, or would they go to yeah, we community foundation and find right, right? So yeah, when you get onto Purdue, then it's getting kind of like. Whoa, there's way so much. I don't know if I can find it here. Yeah, then you're looking at bachelor level courses too and everything else. Um, so right now we're, we're trying to share that on social as much as possible. We're, we're really building out the Lifelong Learning Network space in terms of website and social media and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff right now. So, um, we really try to get it on everyone's radar as much as possible. So like PCSC has sent it out. Community Foundation has it on their stuff. Um, we are trying to, um, to stick it wherever we can to let folks know that it's happening. I know Greg Hildebrand sent it out in the MCEDC. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Especially for that course. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he's sending it out to all of his, his HR list and his president and CEO lists, um, and really trying to get the word out there um if somebody is interested they can look at the purdue mep website so the not just purdue edu like you don't want to go to purdue university but purdue mep manufacturing extension partnership is what that stands for um and they will have courses listed there of what is what is available there's a lot of courses that are available in elkhart county as well elkhart county provides classes at their career center um through through purdue mep and that's another opportunity, right, for folks to get certain courses that maybe we don't have here right now. Maybe we'll have here in the spring, but Elkhart has it right now. If, if somebody wanted to send somebody up there, they, they could, and it's right here in our region. So so there's another course that actually Linda sent me the yes, yes. <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. for it. Um, there's another cor- course. It's OSHA 10, or OSHA. It's a 10-hour general industry course. Yep. But um, same situation. This is going to be a two-day event Yes. Um, for businesses basically yeah. who need that OSHA training. Exactly. And that can be anybody and everybody, right? Anybody who's who would mm. like their employees to well, be trained I, in that OSHA I 10. I can see the school corporation sure. having to be, you know, have OSHA trained employees. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. And and that's the thing, like, you know, in a lot of a lot of places you go, you know what, it probably would be good for us to have somebody here that's, <laughs> that's trained in, in <laughs> that our OSHA. That knows the stuff. rules. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that's actually, that's like a day and a half class. Uh, August 24th and 25th, I believe, are the dates on those, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um 
And that is, yeah, basically a 10 hour class is what it comes down to. But, um, but OSHA 10 is something again, that folks were asking for when we were, when we had that retention event of, you know, what, what do you need? Um, what are you really hoping that would be, what, what do you want provided around here, um, that you could send somebody to, you know, and, and get them upskilled. And, and OSHA 10 was one of those things we heard back from. So, um, here we are and, and we're going to provide it. Gonna be um, yeah, the registration deadline is tomorrow, Friday. Um, so if you are listening and you are interested in sending somebody that class, you do have one more day to, to send, send somebody, um, be end of day tomorrow would be the end of the registration deadline on that. Um, but yeah, we hope to provide OSHA 10. Um, and then we've also looked at OSHA 30 and OSHA 30 is actually, um, it's obviously more intense. It's 30 hours instead of 10. So that, that requires more time and, and more money. Um, but it is also what we've found is an option from a, from a high school graduation standpoint. So we're looking at other opportunities for kids and, and pathways that, you know, we have some kids that just, just are really close to whether or not they're going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, in looking at, you know, what can we do to help provide those kids what they need um, to get to the finish line? So that is one of those things, too, that we've talked about from a, from an OSHA 30 standpoint in, in providing that opportunity. Those are things, again, that we're working through and making sure that we're, you know, following all the rules and regs. But um, but making sure that, you know, if it's an opportunity, let's let's provide it to those that to those that need it. So. So uh, now you did apply for a ready grant. We did. In the amount of seven million the ready Something ask like was 1.75 okay, is 1. what we would hope to get from ready. Uh, yeah. yeah. And okay. that's the 20%. Of, and, about. and what would be the plans if you are awarded? Um, have a party. <laughs> Celebrate. <laughs> well, you can have a small party because that's right. only 20%. I know. And then you got to get 20%, which you've been to the county. Yes. And uh, the city. And, the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I, at some point, somebody said, well, have you talked to the school corporations? Yes. And yeah. they said, like, uh, school corporations really can't be donating right. funds. Right. Yeah, that kind of gets into a sticky spot when they start writing checks to other schools. Um, yes. But, uh, but yeah, we... Um, uh, did put in the ready grant uh, are of course hopeful for that um, and that is of course only 20% like you said of the project 20% is is uh, public and then 60% is private so um, trying to to pull in all the dollars um, of course that requires a fundraising slash uh, you know donation kind of campaign um, and getting out there and then asking um, but part of that would be then going to these businesses exactly and saying Okay, we can offer this, but we need your support. Exactly, uh, and that's so. you know we've talked about the the number of ways we could maybe go about that um, with with those donations and in that fundraising campaign of you know how do we um, what can that look like right from a company's standpoint and from you know like using precision machining in a Tamco that could be a if you can provide the machinery, then right. that's obviously huge, yes. right? Um, you know, and, and that can be a form of sponsorship or donation. Um, so there, there's a number of ways we can go down that path. Um, we, of course, have, have started those conversations and, and are working through that. But, um, you know, our our, our uh, destination and our, our path changes a little bit depending on how these things come in, of course. Um like I said in the very beginning, the service center is priority number one. We did get the county resolution, you know, when you were there mm-hmm. um, last, if that was last week. Um, I feel like <laughs> all the days run together anymore. Um, but uh, we did get that, of course, and that's that's super exciting and, and really gives us a, that's a great off the blocks kind of, of start, you know. Um, and we can focus our priorities on that service center and that bus garage building um, and then work from there. So Will there be renovations then on the inside to make it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the cost that the service center is, is from a renovation standpoint, making sure that we're building that out to be as usable as possible and really using every inch of space that we have um, and making sure that it's, it's um, uh, a space that can be collaborative uh, for our, for our high school teachers. So for the two that are teaching precision machining and digital manufacturing, that there's opportunity for them to share um, and share space and, and share ideas. And um, really, you know, there's a lot of overlap between a precision machining and a digital manufacturing and kind of what world they're in. Um, So it does give them opportunity to kind of see both, which is uh, obviously great if we can provide that opportunity we want to. So it's using that space that we have um, as making it as flexible as we can. Um, and then also having some small classroom space as well. So right. if we wanted to host a class that's literally just a class or they need just classroom time, they have it. Or if our precision machining guys need 
a classroom space for a minute. They have a classroom space to go to, you know, that can be quiet, shut the door, and, and they can do what they need to do in there. Um, so it's really building that out as best we can. And those conversations have been happening and have, um, you know, we our construction costs have been based on build-outs of the building and renovations. We're not pulling those numbers out of thin air. Those right. Are, those are based on the budget projections of, of our architects and, you know, what's it going to cost for us to knock this wall down? What's it going to cost for us to put this fire, you know, um, the sprinkler system in? And what's it going to cost for those things? And those are written exactly into our budget of how we're working this out. Is that just basically that building or would that also mean some renovations on that L-shaped part at the backside of the high school? There's a lot. There's renovations in both. Okay. Um, there, the I would say more significant res- renovations actually happening in the L than would okay. happen in the service center, right. because the service center is already built out for precision machining. So we really do have a lot of shared space already, um, but the classroom space just needs to be reworked a little bit um, and some other things there, lobby area and stuff. Um, the L, the the there are some significant changes with if we're adding bet science and adding ag tech and ag power. Um, the idea Culinary. is that. Yeah, and culinary. Culinary costs a lot of money. Co- commercial kitchens cost a lot of money. Oh, wait, um, no, wait, do we not? Do we get rid of the kitchens that used to be in a high school? No, they're still there. Um, <laughs> okay. They're just still the original they're, kitchens. <laughs> they're the stove yeah. that you see in your house. <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean, they're... Um, From the 70s. <laughs> yes, yes. They, you know, we've had some upgrades, but not very many in that, in that room. Um, and it's just really, it is your very... Our basic. our culinary room right now is our your basic home back room, and it has not changed. Um, you know, and and that's not that's not good for a culinary like a culinary uh, yeah. track. You know, um, so building that out, the early childhood space with both the early childhood and the uh, ag tech ag power space, we've we've added um, also a, a greenhouse that hopefully will be on the outside oh, wow. of the school. Um, we're really excited about that because that kind of pulls everybody to get. We're trying to you know as much as we can collaborate. We want to collaborate so. Having our culinary kids and our ag kids and our, you know, anybody work early childhood, if we can provide some food for the early childhood class, sure. there you go, right? Um, you know, there's there's opportunity for all of those guys to work together to build out that greenhouse and to, to use the materials that are grown there mm-hmm. um, and really keep a watchful eye on that. And as well as, you know, it doesn't even have to be CTE related. It could be our science classes. It could be our biology classes, you know, that go down there and check it out and go, Oh, hey, okay, if it's this temperature and it's, you know, whatever, um, you know, they can, they can work through that of what they can grow. Um, And then from a, a welding, digital manufacturing and precision machining standpoint, you know, part of the, the rendering of that, you know, the picture, I don't know if you saw when we were at, I think at city council, we showed it, but you know, it's connecting the dots for kids and, you know, actually drawing a crosswalk on the ground, right? Um, yes. And making sure that folks know, hey, here's a, this is a connection, you know, um, and there's already connection there. Uh, our, our precision machining teacher and our welding teacher do work together on some projects. Um, but we really want to facilitate that as much as possible and really grow that because there is collaboration to be happening there, right? Um, it should be because there are overlaps in, in those in those worlds. So just gives kids more opportunity, more collaboration, and, and more opportunity to partner, you know. And in a lot of these classes, we forget sometimes, I think, that we have – you have Triton kids in there and Argus kids in there and Culver kids in there. So it really does provide opportunity to build community too, right? We're not just talking about our Plymouth students. We're talking about Marshall County kids and even – on the fringe, depending sure. on what class it is and, you know, who's sending kids. But um, it really does provide us an opportunity to connect, you know, and, and collaborate with others. And um, that's something that we're, you know, really excited about. I, I like the idea. Um, Jim and I, I th- it must have been this week, we went over to Martin's to get lunch. And there were two white buses uh, mm-hmm. from two different school corporations. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're seeing is school corporations are, are, are willing to bus the kids here so that we don't have you know 12 kids driving 12 different cars to get to this location no we'll get them on the bus and bring them all over here at one shot you know they may be going to two or three different courses that are the afternoon class we'll say there right and then they get on the bus and they go back to their school right and Um, that's huge which is transportation wise is wonderful and and relieves some you know, safety issues. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole COVID experience really brought all of these people together a lot more. And a lot of that conversation is, it's just really easy with all of the uh, superintendents in the area <laughs> now. And mm-hmm. um, so we started doing a lot more collaborating on, well, what would this look like if we could do uh, this career innovation center and, 
and it's been really uh, pretty good, pretty easy with, with that group. Well, and I think that's the thing that the, the school corporations in Marsh County are much more willing because oh, we've heard about it. You send a Triton student over to Knox to take a course, and Triton, you know, it's on the east side of the county. they got to go all the way across the county into Stark County, mm-hmm. get on a chime change, take the course, then drive back. And, you <laughs> yeah, know, when they're I'm driving going. back, what, what time is it yeah. when they get back? <laughs> is it 5 o'clock? It's you a know. twilight zone, yeah. yeah. Who knows? When, when I was at LaVille, that was one of the things that I was screaming about all the time. There was no way our kids were going to go to Knox to weld. There's just no way. We weren't going to have any Unfortunately, kids yeah. take the class. But once it came to Plymouth, then we had lots of, uh, you know, opportunity and lots of kids yeah. signed up for it, though. Yeah, I think, like you said, I mean, from a transportation standpoint, providing the, first of all, safety and security of that, right, mm-hmm. where we don't have however many 17-year-olds behind the wheel in the middle of the day um, is just good for everybody um, in, in providing them, you know, as much of a central drop-off location as we can. That's the whole point of building it out, right? You know, and I think sometimes it's a, well, why is everything in Plymouth? Well, because it's going to take Triton. located. Right. It's going to take Triton as much time to get here as it does LaVille, as it does Culver, as it does Argus. You know, right. it's it, your, your minutes difference there um it different than if we were you know well sorry welding's in triton well now culver kids are driving all the way to triton mm-hmm. and that's not you know um if we were providing something at laville or something at argus and you're providing it all over the place um it just does not provide um the transportation options and the ease of use for our kids that we need you know and that's why again it comes back to being centrally located and like mitch said that the superintendents have all been very supportive we have letters of support from all of them for this project um they're all in you know and wanting to provide as many opportunities as they can for their students because they know it's good for their kids no matter where they're going um you know if they're going to plymouth or knox depending on you know where they're where they're at um to provide the courses for the kids is just huge and we we have to do what we can to to provide as many as possible another phenomenon that we're finding is that kids aren't getting their license yeah uh, that's true yeah um i so i have a 20 year old granddaughter who just well maybe three months ago got her learner's permit yeah, yeah. it's like i know i i was like I know. You know, as soon as I could, and then the day after my birthday or whatever, I think it was, actually, I think it was the day after your birthday back then, yeah. go get your license. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I've had grandkids that have not been in that hurry to get a license. Right. No. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we don't it's want a that. different thing. Yeah, well, and, you know, I mean, as in, in talking about that as well as um, from a, a car ownership standpoint, it's become much more expensive. Insurance mm-hmm. is much more expensive, you know, and, and that just keeps adding to the cost where a lot of families can't provide their kid, their 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, a car to use because right. Right. they need the car during the day to go to work right. and do whatever they need to do, you know. So um, if we can, as, a, as school systems, provide that transportation, that's something that we need to do, right? That, that's just one of those things that we have to make it available for our kids in, in whatever way we can. Well, believe it or not, we're out of time. Shoot. It's already 11 o'clock. That means I've been talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, it is really interesting, and it's, I love the idea. Um, you know, we have been very good at offering uh, college kids uh, opportunities. Sure. I mean, we have high school students who are graduating high school, you know, with lots of college credit already under the belt. So those kids who are going to go on to college, are getting benefits in the high school at the same time. But now we're we're really focusing on those other students who aren't quite, you know, into the books and the reading and all of that homework stuff. But they they know they have to have more training to go on to get a decent job to be able to eventually sustain a family and stuff. And so I, I love the idea that the school corporations in Marshall County are stepping up and and seeing that need and, and looking at those kids too. Yeah. Yeah. This is really a positive um, project and we're of course all in, um, you know, and th- that's, that's no question, but um, it is, you know, providing as much opportunity as we possibly can for our kids and for our adults and our workforce and, and everybody in between and, and really trying to grow this out because, you know, it's something that it's not going to go away. And we know no. that, and yeah. um, you know, we need to start thinking about providing, other opportunities and certifications and in other ways to, uh, you know, get that, um, that high paying high wage, you know, Mm -hmm. job. Um, and, and our kids, you know, our little kids deserve that when they get up there. Right. So, I mean, it's just making sure that we're building that out for, for all and, you know, uh, we'll see where time takes us, but, um, you know, it's, we're really excited about it. 
Very excited. Well, and we're excited to see yeah. how this ready grant plays out. I mean, yeah. keep who those knows? fingers toes crossed. There are three <laughs> counties all submitting. You know, yes. who knows how many projects they had a they had much more um, requests than they have dollars available. <laughs> so you know, that's... we think fifty million sounds like a lot of money, but not in this day and age. Shoot, yeah, you know, it really money. it really doesn't. Yeah. So yeah. We wish you guys the best on, you. on getting your grant in. And we look forward to having you back on. Yeah. Thank you, you very much. Keep us up to date on everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Happy to do so. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, guys. Break time. Yes. Let's take a break. All right. We can do that. Don't forget to join us every Saturday morning for the Saturday Morning Coach's Corner. Right here on your home for Plymouth Sports, WTCA. Every Saturday morning after the news at 8, we'll talk to the players, the coaches, and the personalities that make up the stories that are Marshall County sports. Don't forget, every Saturday morning after the news at 8, it's the Saturday Morning Coach's Corner. Right here on your home for Plymouth Sports, WTCA. Pizza Bills in downtown Plymouth is open for carryout Tuesday through Thursday from 11 to 8, Friday 11 to 9, Saturday 4 to 9, and closed Monday and Sunday. Pizza Bills voted number one for its great food and prices. Pizza Bills specializes in fast and easy pickup. For your next sandwich, salad, or pizza, call Pizza Bills, 574-936-8855. Pizza Bills, 222 North Michigan Street in Plymouth. Progressive presents Don't Do It Yourself. Okay, fixing a water heater. Easy peasy. Oh, yeah? So you know how to secure the skiff joint? Yeah. Detach the steam pump? <sighs> Takes two seconds. And fasten the dubel to the pressure tube? Yeah, my dad taught me how to do that. Oh, that's interesting, because I made all those things up. Look, we should just bundle our home and auto with Progressive. We could save big, then pay someone to do it for us. That's cool. This dubel's the wrong size anyway. Save when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Let your voice be heard. Give us a call now at 574-936-4096 for What's Your Opinion? Now, back to Kathy and Rusty. There we have the number one Thursday song in the nation, Thursday, by Andy Pidcock, here on WGCA. <laughs> I think this is the favorite. Everybody that remembers the day songs, they, that, for some reason, that one is the one that strikes the chord. That's the number one day song in our play rotation. Very good. So, well, it's Thursday because it's the day before Friday. Yes, it is. Everybody's working for Friday. Yep. Get out of here. You're exactly right. Um, before we get out of here, I do want to let folks know that there is a car cruise in in honor of Al Williams. It's going to be this Saturday at the Tippecanoe County Tippecanoe Park on three thirty one. So it's down there at Tippecanoe. It's sponsored by the Improvement Association. They're going to have a car show from 4 until 7. There's a concert with Quentin Flagg at 6 p.m. Um, adults are $10. Kids are $5. Six and under are free. There's going to ha- they're going to have a raffle, a 50-50 drawing. It's rain or shine, and it's held... Uh, at the Tippecanoe Park on 331. So you're invited to that. Uh, Don't forget the Republicans are playing golf today and they will be drawing the ticket tonight about 5 o'clock for the two raffle or the raffle for the two kayaks, the two paddles and the two life jackets. Um, I don't know if they have any tickets left. 
If you want more information on tickets, contact Brian Howard, Sharon Dota, or Deb Vandermark. They are probably all out at the golf course getting ready for the golf tournament. Yes, they probably are. And then I also want to let folks know that on Saturday, the North District of the United Methodist Churches of Indiana are going to host a family-friendly event. It's called Stronger Together. Uh, This event is an outdoor event on the lawn of the Lakeville United Methodist Church, uh, right in downtown Lakeville. It'll inspire all to renew and energize their beliefs that we are stronger together. Uh, The event begins at 11 o'clock and concludes at 4 p.m. During the course of the day, there will be several worship and praise bands and speakers. Uh, You're invited to bring lawn chairs, a blanket, um, and eat lunch at the food trucks that they will have there, um, including the Wooden Pantry, Yellow Cat Cafe, and Cravon Tacos. Or you can bring your own picnic lunch. So the Trinity... The Plymouth Trinity snow cones will also have shaved ice there. So they're going to have, there'll be stuff for kids. Uh, They'll have bounce houses. There'll be face painting, balloon art, crafts, tables, uh, playground, and more. Um, And Stronger Together will also receive donations to Basher Children's Home for back to school needs for the event. So that is coming up. I got this from Barb Holcomb. Um, That's coming up on Saturday up at Lakeville. So. All right. Okay. Rocking. All right. I think I did my my share All right. today. My share is just this. We don't have any uh, anniversaries, so get them in here. You'll be Why eligible are you playing for the birthday song. Well, because I'm going to do birthdays here. We don't have anniversaries, or I'm going out of order. This is the only... yeah, we have well, a you're birthday. You're playing the birthday song, I, but and you're talking about anniversaries. <clears throat> what day is it? We're not going to have any anniversaries. We're not going to have any trading posts. I'm trying to get through this quick. I'm trying to save time. We're behind. It's trying to save time because we're behind. Eleven oh five. Just that just went right out the window. (laughs) So uh, no anniversaries, no trading posts. Anniversaries fifty bucks on the line from Pete and Clemens Maguire Funeral Home. That should be good enough for you to get your anniversary in here. Trading post. Kathy's going to axe it. She's going to burn the trading post folder in front of the studio if you don't get some in here. So there. Can I can I can I do this now? Yes. All right. <laughs> we have, this is kind of we have a birthday, but they're not eligible for the prize. Okay. Austin. Oh, my son, Austin Bonner, for celebrating a birthday today. Austin, not the intern. Yes, Austin, not the intern, Bodorf, is celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday, Austin. Happy birthday to you. And don't forget, everybody else that plays our little birthday game is eligible for four cupcakes and one dessert cafe, three small drink from the coffee lodge, and a bouquet of flowers from Cashing Creek. So, uh, that's all I got. Should we go? We should get out of here. We should get out of we here. We got to get the eleven o'clock news in. Should tell people that uh, Purdue's going to be with us. Bob Yoder's going to be in tomorrow. Yes, he is. is that right. Yep. And uh, then uh, we'll talk with Denver Beerman a little bit later. Yeah. So make sure you tune in. We start at nine. Have a great day. You're listening to FM one hundred six point one and AM ten fifty WTCA Plymouth. Is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Deborah Rodriguez in New York.